Hello, welcome into another episode of Coach's Corner. We are here. It is July 12th, Tuesday, and we got a nice fun show for you. A little bit different variation. It's not going to end with a tier this time, but we'll talk some news around, you know, they'll talk some NBA stuff that's happened in the past that I haven't got a chance to talk about. Some NFL news, and we'll finish off with some baseball baseball talk of what's kind of happening right now some all-star weekend updates so let's get going Welcome into Coach's Corner episode two. As I stated, the earlier date is July 12th. And I want to talk some NBA to start off this show. Like I said, yesterday, we I didn't really get to any of it because I was like, you know, it's just summer league. Not a lot happening as of now, the current date. And I forgot to mention, it's because we have some news that's kind of held up Everything in free agency, trades, everything is holding out on this one player. And that player would be named Kevin Durant. Now, Kevin Durant requested out of Brooklyn. Oh, when did he do that? Two, three weeks ago? He did it kind of as we were getting a lot of drama surrounding his teammate and friend Kyrie Irving. He kind of like went through a thing where it's like he wanted the max and the Nets were like, we're not going to pay you the max. So opt in, opt out, do whatever you want to do. Irving decided to opt in, you know, get his money because it didn't seem like there was a lot of teams out there that could afford his services if he really wanted to leave. And so the situation kind of lingered and it kind of, I guess, made Kevin Durant have second thoughts about his career in Brooklyn. And he decided to go ahead and just you know, forget, say, forget this. I'm going to leave. I'm not going to deal with this anymore. Management doesn't respect me. They're not bringing in great players that could really help me maximize my career. I'm a jump ship here. You find a place for Kyrie and I'll find a place somewhere else. And you just do this rebuild thing you want to do. Just don't involve me in it. And, you know, people will have issues with that. Kevin Durant is who he is. He's a very polarizing figure because of, you know, I would say he was kind of like a golden child for a long time there in OKC because, you know, OKC is a small market. They had Russell Westbrook. They made the finals really young with James Harden as well, who, you know, he got traded shortly after. And everyone loved Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant, I mean, people do still love Kevin Durant, but everyone loved him like really universally. And then they were up 3-1 to one against Golden State. You know, the best team of all time, Golden State. You know, 73-9 and nine Golden State. And they blow that game, you know, a couple games there. Clay Thompson goes nuclear in game six. They lose that series. And Kevin Durant decides to jump ship and join the team that beat them in the playoffs. He didn't stay to try and get revenge. He left and joined that same team that beat them. And from then on, I mean, it was like, oh, Kevin Durant's a snake. He's an awful person. He's an awful player. How could he do that to OKC? 
Well, I mean, they had their, you know, they had their turn and they had their chance with Kevin and Kevin saw an opportunity to go get a couple wins, a couple championships. And sure enough, he did just that. Won the finals MVP twice with them. Lost that last year due to the, you know, all of Golden State getting hurt, including himself. And so he leaves, goes to Brooklyn, the nice jumpstart New York team that's not a train wreck like the Knicks. The Nets, the Brooklyn Nets, who just made the playoffs that year under young D'Angelo Russell, who got traded for Kevin Durant. But still, they made it. They looked like they had a nice young culture to build around. And he's bringing his friend, Kyrie Irving, who had issues himself in Boston, decided to jump ship there. And he went over to Brooklyn, and they you know, we're pretty okay. He, like, he was still recovering from his injury, but you, you, Kyrie had a good season. They end up getting bounced. Following season, they end up trading for James Harden in the middle of the season. My God, what a what a trio that is. James Harden, Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving? Are you kidding me? Three of the best offensive players we've seen in the past decade, like the past 20 years, perhaps. A seven-footer that can make three-pointers from the logo. An unbelievable shot-maker that can make a shot from quite literally anywhere. And then one of the best driving and step-back three lefties that we've seen in this game. My God, that's a trio that would be unheard of. Well, they played 16 games together. Yeah, that's right, 16 games. Not... Not a lot at all. Only 16 of those things. Due to injuries, <laughs> vaccination status, they did not play together for very long. Um, that year, they ended up losing the, the eventual champion, Milwaukee Bucks. This past year, James Harden gets shipped away for Ben Simmons, who doesn't even play a game with KD. Like I said, Kyrie held his own on his vaccination status, and... You know, that worked, but he didn't. He missed half the season. Kevin Durant missed half the season being hurt. And all of a sudden, you have a team there that is uh, getting swept by the eventual East um, winners in the Boston Celtics. Now, I set all that up as a context for Kevin Durant because those same people that, like, hated him for leaving... OKC to go to the Golden State or starting to come out of the woodworks again. Because the thing about him being Brooklyn is like, it's Brooklyn. It's like, you can't hate Brooklyn that much unless you're literally like just a LeBron James fan who's just the, like, hates Kevin Durant because people say Kevin Durant's better than him. Like, you just, it's Brooklyn, you know? They're not polarizing enough to be, you know, hateable, like, really, like the Knicks, you know? It's, it's very, it's a weird hatred if you hate the Brooklyn Nets. Because they're just like, there. They're there. Right? <laughs> so, people kind of like started to forgive KD for doing that thing where he kind of ruined the NBA for a while <laughs> by joining the Warriors. They're starting to forgive him. He, you know, he was really funny on Twitter. So, you know, so, you know social media, you know, social media, you know, is a is a spot where a lot of people are like, you know, either they hate a guy or they love a guy. And a lot of people started loving Kevin Durant because he was an honest guy on social media. He was very, you know, 
I don't want to say down to earth, but he was like chirping back at people that were like, Hey, you stink. I hate you. And he was chirping back. Like you're a bum. You know, that it's just, it's funny. It's a funny, like comic. He's not trying to be funny, but he just, it comes off hilarious. Cause I mean, he's a pro player just tweeting with guys that don't even have profile pictures. It's just, it's a funny, absurd thing that's happening. The best basketball player is a guy on social media, like any of us. <laughs> so people starting to forgive him and you know, all of a sudden people starting to, you know, Kevin Durant's a, you know what, and this and that. And he just, he's a snake. He leaves things in worse shape than he found them. A whole thing. But you know, it's one of those, I guess you can't really fault the guy. He, and, you know, any, anyone who's in his shoes might see it a different way. You know, we don't know what's going on behind the scenes. It, the Nets seem like, like I said, they're no one, it's, they're not polarizing. So you don't really hear about them outside of Kevin Durant, like rumors out in the open. You don't see behind the doors there. Like you don't see behind the scenes of the owner. If he's breathing down the necks of people. If the GM is like really just not making moves that make any real sense outside of the offensive part of the basketball court. You don't see Steve Nash. I mean, Kevin Durant wanted Steve Nash, so that's kind of on him. But you don't see Steve Nash being a bad coach all the time. Like You don't see all the things that he does wrong. see some of it, but still, you know, it is, it is an interesting thing that he's doing by wanting to get out after Kyrie opted in. You know, it's just, it's very odd. So that kind of brings me to where I want to take this topic, and that's talk about the potential places he can go. Now, the asking price has been reported ridiculously high. Like, I think the Timberwolves called, and the t- the Nets countered with Carl Anthony Towns, Anthony Edwards, and like four first rounders. Which, if you know anything about the Timberwolves, those are that's literally the entire future and present of the Timberwolves. <laughs> it would it would make no sense. It, and they're both younger and not as injury prone as Katie. It makes no sense. And so I'm here to tell you about some potential teams that could enter the sweepstakes for Kevin Durant. And which ones I think make most sense. Uh, maybe some dark horse contenders, you know. Because, I mean, you know, there's always like an NBA team where you're like, it doesn't make a ton of sense, you know, when I was looking at it from afar, but... Now that you say it, and I'll say the first team is the Phoenix Suns. Now, the Phoenix Suns, if you're not familiar, just came off of a really good season uh, where they were a clear-cut number one seed, you know, handled their business very well, but playoff team. Playoffs came around. They fought with the Pelicans, the eight seed, and then they lost to the Mavs in embarrassing fashion in Game Seven of that series, where they lost by like forty. Now that's really, really bad. <laughs> Losing by forty as a one seed—that's a really not good thing. But the thing about the Suns is, you know, when you're a good team, you have a lot of pieces that are good. Obviously, a lot of low. A lot of like mid-level players, 
and good starters that they could trade for a guy who's a clear upgrade over a certain starter. So package would start like Mikel Bridges, who's the starting small forward who has all NBA defense potential. You have uh, Jay Crowder, who's a really good role player. You have Cam Johnson, who's a young guy who's been really good for them, a big forward. And they do have first-round picks. Now, they would be lower lower tier in the 30s or late 20s picks. But still, you know, those they're not nothing, you know. They are worth something. So I think that's a first place where he could go. And it is a fit where... I mean, Chris Paul's really, he's older, obviously. Um, You have Devin Booker, who just signed a mega deal, who's a superstar in his own right. Um, There is DeAndre Ayton now. I'll get to DeAndre Ayton later, but he could also be a part of a package and like a sign-and-trade if the Nets really want to go that route. I don't think they do, but he could be on the move. There's There's multiple scenarios here where they can... They can make a bid for KD in a good way. Then you have the other one seed. Shocker that the star player wants to go to the one seed of two teams in the conferences, but, you know. Basically, the Heat can offer um, Max... They can offer a bunch of role players and Tyler Hero. Now, I'm lower on the heat role players than a lot of people because that's just what they're they're they are what they're called they're role players they're not star players they're not like i don't think any of them have star potential i think tyler hero has good potential as an offensive player like just a shooter but if you want him to play like a defense he's not going to do that and i don't know how well you can really build a team around him and i think that's a big component about being a superstar or young superstar how much can you build a team around him I don't know what kind of team you can build around Tyler Hero. I mean, I feel like it's part of the reason why he hasn't been a starter yet for the Heat. So plugging him into the Nets and being like, here, be our superstar, seems like a really big adjustment for a guy who really all he does is shoot. But he's a really good young guy that puts up a lot of numbers, and you can make an argument for him if you really do like him. They have Gabe Vincent, Max Struess. They they would need to trade Duncan Robinson for salary purposes because he's making a lot of money, but he's not worth a lot. And they do have picks as well that they can trade. Now, similar to the Suns, they'd probably be in the twenties, but you know, I, first round picks are first round picks. I guess you can package those to move up, whatever. Now, a dark horse that could potentially sneak their ways into the running: the Toronto Raptors. And that really is dependent on how they, how much they want to part with Rookie of the Year Scotty Barnes. They would absolutely need to trade him. And, you know, like I said, they have some role players as well and first-round picks, but Scotty Barnes would be the main component of that deal. And, you know, it makes you think, should they trade the player that was just Rookie of the Year? I mean... That's a big title to win in a class that was really good. You had Cade Cunningham also, Evan Mobley. You had a number of really good players in that draft class, and Scotty Barnes was better than all of them, according to voters at least. And so it's really interesting 
see what they'll do here. Because, once again, I don't know what the market is for KD. I don't know what the offer, what the final offer will look like. Because think about this. As I stated, Kevin Durant was hurt this past year. He had like a foot injury or a foot strain or something. He had, he had an injury that kept him out of multiple games. There was the Achilles the year before that took him forever to heal back from. And he is 34 years old. Now, that's not a that is not a very young age for a player to you know come back from all these injuries as he is. And like you said, I mean, he's leaving this pretty I mean, the Nets are a good situation. They're not awesome, but I mean, they're a pretty good situation. And so you know, it's it makes you think. How is Kevin Durant really going to be here for the rest of his career, or at least the rest of his like good career? You don't know. That's not. It's not a question that you can answer. And is it really worth it paying all this for a thirty-four-year-old who is injury-prone and maybe not super committed to us? But it's risk you got to take if you're going to attract a top three basketball player when healthy. It's a risk you got to take if you want to go over the top when you're a team like the Heat, the Suns, the Raptors, when you're just in that fringe where if you get that one guy, you'll be a clear favorite. You'll be a, you know, a great team that has a probably be the odds on favorite for winning the championship. These are just risks you got to take. And so I think the Raptors would be a great situation because the Raptors already kind of have experience with renting a player. They went and got Kawhi Leonard, won an NBA title. Now, Kevin Durant might not be like as in his prime as Kawhi was during that run, but they still did it. It still worked. Makes you think. I'm, you know, we'll see. We'll see if they make any moves. Like I said, it hasn't happened yet, obviously. We'd talk about it if it did. But it's kind of the thing that's holding everyone down the list from doing any moves. No one's making a move because Kevin Durant is rightfully so waiting to be traded. And once that happens, I'm sure there'll be a flurry of moves again. It's kind of like two stages of free agency. We had stage one already. And then stage two is coming up. Like I said, once KD gets sent somewhere, then you'll have Kyrie Irving sent somewhere. I don't even want to get into Kyrie Irving. Kyrie Irving is a battle for another day. So I'll transition to a name that I talked about earlier, DeAndre Ayton. Now, DeAndre Ayton is probably the best player, I'd say, available left. Um, Outside of the guys that, like, aren't, inherently like uh, like he's the best young guy he's he was the number one pick in 2018 of the Trey Young Luka Doncic draft and he's carved out a good career for himself with the help of Chris Paul and you know I mean that Suns team was really good and he was a really vital part to some of that of what they did in the finals a year ago um, what they did this past year but it seems like Suns have a problem with how his attitude is he got in trouble in that last game. He only played like 17 minutes. 
So DeAndre Ayton is finding himself probably on the move because they don't seem to want to pay him. And, you know, that's an issue for another day where paying a player that you don't know is worth it. And I'm I'm kind of on the same boat. I don't know if he is worth it. But that is just, you know, it's, it's a call you have to make as a franchise, and it looks like the Suns have made their call. They're not going to pay him that max money that he is very much wishing for. And so the, the rumor out there, according to a couple people, is DeAndre Ayton will sign an offer sheet with the Indiana Pacers, and it's very close to being done. And now you're asking me, is like, what the, what's the fit there? How does it work? The Pacers have Matt, Miles Turner on contract right now. It looks like he'll probably be moved. For what? I'm not sure, but he's likely on the way out. Now, this raises an interesting question. Will DeAndre Ayton be signing a trade to the Pacers for Miles Turner? And the Suns clear up that center spot really quickly with that move. Now, I think that'd be a, a brilliant move on the Suns' part because Miles Turner, he I'd say he's more versatile than DeAndre Ayton. Like DeAndre Ayton's probably better on the basket, but Miles Turner can shoot the three, and he's probably he's a better defender. He's definitely a better like rim protector than DeAndre Ayton. So I think that fit makes a lot of sense for the Suns. The Pacers get a young guy who is a number one pick who can, you know, work on his game more on on a bad team. I mean, the Pacers are not good. Pacers will be very bad. But DeAndre Ayton, Tyrese Halliburton is on the Pacers as well. Those are two building blocks that you can use, and if they're bad this year and get another top prospect, like a top pick, then... You know, you can you can find yourself right back in the mix. And they did have a top pick. They drafted a kid from Arizona. I can't think of his name. Bad podcasting, but I can't think of his name. But, I mean, three young guys right there that could all be really good players for you in the future in the next, like, three, four years. And so, you know, those players are, you know, good, like I said, good young guys. The Suns get a center. I don't know what else they would need to trade and maybe make the money work, but if you do that straight spot, I think that is a win-win for both teams and the player. I think you know he he wins that deal. DeAndre Ayton does just by you know, like I said, getting money, getting a ton of it, going to a situation that isn't high expectations for him. Like it would be on a contender like the Suns. And I mean, if he really wants to, he can just ride off into the sunset and just. You know, kind of just be the guy in Indiana, not really have big worry expectations. Like it's just, it's just not a bad, not a bad gig at all. And so I wouldn't blame him if he went that way. And so we'll see. Maybe I'll break down a couple more free agency stuff that happened, the trades, like the Jonte Murray to the Hawks. You have. Oh, man, I can't, I can't think. Oh, Rudy Gobert to the Timberwolves. you got a couple moves that I can talk about here. But Kevin Durant's the big one. DeAndre Ayton's like a sub-piece of that whole ordeal. But still. So, um, transitioning, I'm going to go to the football world here. And a little, a little thing I have to mention. The Steelers changed the name of their stadium to Heinz Field. Yes, Heinz Field is leaving. Catch-up is gone from Pittsburgh. They are now Acrisure. Now you're asking me what Acrisure is. 
I'll look it up right now, and we'll figure out together. It is an insurance company. Awesome. That's that's so super cool. Insurance companies are my absolute favorite. No one has ever hated on insurance before. They have a cool little triangle. When you go on the website, it all kind of comes together. Wow, this is... What an awesome, awesome rebrand. You go from Fun Heinz Field to Acrisure Insurance. Wow. You absolutely love to see it for the Steelers. Pittsburgh, welcome. Welcome to Acrisure Field. An absolute gem of a stadium. Now, in reality, that's not a whole lot, but it's naming rights, and it's kind of silly, and it's fun. Fun fun to make a fun of the Steelers. As you noticed yesterday, I shouted out my friend Brendan, who's an Alabama fan. I hope he's listening for a second day in a row. Because that name sucks. <laughs> that name stinks, and he's also a Steelers fan. So I hope he knows that that is not awesome. Um, another note, I want to talk about the Seahawks talking about Jimmy G. That's That was the report. They, they're talking about Jimmy G. I don't know what that means. I mean, the Seahawks, if the, if I'm the Seahawks and they, I'm a Seahawks fan and they go into the season with Drew Locke, I'm not watching a single Seahawks game. I'm going to um, buy Red Zone for the season. I'm going to maybe move somewhere else and watch those regional games. I am not watching a Seahawks football if Drew Locke is the starting quarterback on day one. Or Geno Smith, for that matter. I'm not watching either of those guys. And that's coming from a guy whose quarterback is about to be Marcus Mariota. Yeah, that, that, that stinks. It <laughs> stinks with a capital S. But if they get Jimmy G, you might see some confident quarterback play at least. You have some players. You have some good receivers. The line still stinks. Maybe a young defense that can you know, be better than what they have have been for the past couple years, but, you know, it's not a bad move, just not a really thrilling move, and it might keep you away from getting one of those top guys such as, um, oh, you know, such as Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, Will Levis. You won't get those guys. You'll be stuck with Jimmy G in, like, seven-win land. But to each their own. I think the Seahawks are going to just roll with Drew Locke, and they're just going to be really bad you know i can't imagine i can't imagine them really if if they're going to really commit to this rebuild i can't imagine them go trading assets to get jimmy g unless it's really they're just like dumping him so we will see there and there was news reported on Marion Barber. Now, Marion Barber, if you don't know, was a running back for the Dallas Cowboys in the early 2010s. And um, Marion Barber passed away, sadly. I think he was in his 30s, 40s. He was young. He was not, like, super far away from football. He wasn't, like, a, you know, a Hall of Famer that played in, like, 70s or anything. I I remember Marion Barber. Marion Barber was a you know a really solid player um, for the Cowboys, and I mean, this is gonna sound not awesome, but 
I mean, I played video games early on in my little life where I was learning players such as Vincent Jackson, who just passed away, you know, Tomlinson, Willie Parker, Rashawn Mendenhall, a lot of guys that um, I grew up watching who weren't superstars, but players that were good that often, you know, get forgotten, you know, in time. And Marion Barber, I'd say, sadly, is one of those names where he was an awesome player, played college football for Minnesota, was drafted by the Cowboys in the fourth round. And, you know, you don't hear about a lot of guys to get drafted from the fourth round being good players, much less like starter-level players. He was selected to a Pro Bowl in six years with the Cowboys. And, you know, surely, like most running backs, gets bounced from the league and you never really hear from him again. And sadly, we didn't hear about him until he passed away. He was age 38, and we finally got the cause of death, and it was sadly, it was by heat stroke. I'm not sure. I'm not going to read into the details because I don't want to read any, you know, awful sounding things about him and... I just want to remember the player that I watched for the Dallas Cowboys. I'm sure he was a, a great individual. I mean, I've I've heard nothing but good things about him since his death. I feel awful for the family. So I just want to give a quick, you know, rest in peace to Marion Barber. A really good player, really good running back, and I'm sure a really good person. So on that somber note, I'm going to transition to something a little bit lighter. ESPN recently had a poll where they ranked the top 10 quarterbacks in the league. And so it starts off with Aaron Rodgers at number one. Now with number two, you have Patrick Mahomes. Number three, Josh Allen. Number four, Tom Brady. Number five, Joe Burrow. Number six, Matthew Stafford. Number seven, Justin Herbert. Number eight, Russell Wilson. Number nine, Deshaun Watson. Number 10, Dak Prescott. And with honorable mentions, Lamar Jackson, Derek Carr, and Kyler Murray. Now, you're probably wondering what my thoughts are on the matter. Like, what would I have ranked these guys like this? Now, I can let you know right now, I wouldn't have Aaron Rodgers number one. I think people are slowly forgetting how good Patrick Mahomes is at football because he didn't make the Super Bowl. Patrick Mahomes is still the best quarterback in the league. We watch Patrick Mahomes and he is still unbelievable. Now he'll make a bonehead play or two, which he did this past year, which lost them, frankly, the game in the playoffs to the Bengals, but... I mean, Patrick Mahomes is still that guy, and I don't think we should forget that. <laughs> he is still he is still incredible. I don't know why. I don't know why it's like all of a sudden we just have forgotten the guy who was an MVP in a second year through for 50 touchdowns. But I'd slide him up. I can live with Aaron Rodgers at number two personally. Josh Allen has to be number three. He had an unbelievable year last year and only projects to go upward. Tom Brady at four, I feel like it's it's just a point we kind of have to live with. (laughs) Tom Brady's a top five quarterback until he retires, which he did, but he's back. Joe Burrow at five, I don't hate. 
Um, this is where I think it kind of gets murky is six through ten, which number six, Matthew Stafford, I'd flip him with Justin Herbert. Either one you could probably convince me on being a number six, but personally I just have Justin Herbert's I think he's just a younger, more athletic Matthew Stafford. And I mean, frankly, you can you can make an argument for Justin Herbert at five. Like five through seven could really all be interchangeable. For like for me, I I love those three guys. If my franchise had them, I'd be overjoyed. But uh, those guys, I think you know, they stand out in a clear tier two. Then eight through ten in the honorable mentions. I just do not like. Like Russell Wilson. Here, I'm going to play Russell Wilson for you. New Broncos quarterback. Let's ride. Let's ride. Let's ride. Broncos. Let's ride. Perfect. Okay. One more time. Broncos country. Let's ride. 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 That's one of Broncos country let's rides for me. I hate that man. He's the corniest quarterback, the most overrated quarterback. He starts off a season looking like Steve Young, Joe Montana, Brett Favre, and Michael Vick all mixed into one. He looks like a, a man amongst boys for the first six weeks of the season. And then all of a sudden... He looks like Byron Leftwich. He looks like 2021 Drew Brees. He's just he looks like t- just awful. He looks he looks like he just forgot how to play elite football what he was doing before. Russell Wilson is the most overrated quarterback I think in the NFL. It's not to say he's bad, it's just he's <laughs> he's never gotten an MVP vote. How do pe- people have him in the top five? Like he's never got an MVP vote. How do you have them there? I mm, I don't understand it. Broncos country. That's right. Deshaun Watson. I already told you my thoughts on him yesterday. You can live with. I can live with him here in a ranking. If we're talking on the field, last we saw him, he was really good. He might, you know, when he plays again, we'll see when he whenever he plays again, he might be top five. But we won't know. The number 10 is Dak Prescott. I, I have like softened on Dak Prescott. I think he is better than, you know, better than what he was for a, a decent part of his career. Like, I thought he was overrated because, I mean, he's a Cowboys quarterback. It's hard to not be overrated if you're the Cowboys quarterback. Um, but I think he is good. I think he is top 10. I mean, really. I'd have him probably at 10. If I ranked out quarterbacks, I would probably keep him at 10. I'd, I'd slide Russell Wilson below below Kyler Murray. I'm higher on Kyler Murray than a lot of people, and you can make the same argument for Kyler Murray that you do for Russell Wilson, but I think it's more of a coaching issue. It's, it's Cliff Kingsbury stinks. Cliff, Cliff Kingsbury is really, he does the coaching version of what Russell Wilson does. He starts off hot and then stinks it up. But, I mean, Kyler Murray, I think he just has an injury bug. Because, I mean, he's such a small guy. I mean, really, I feel that he's such a tiny, whiny little guy. He just gets hurt. He's small. But, you know, it is what it is. He, I think when he does play, he is a top 10 quarterback, top 8 quarterback. 
And Derek Carr, I, I think his spot's perfect if he's sitting at 12, if he's the 12th best quarterback, the like 15th best quarterback. I think that's a perfect spot for him. Lamar Jackson, I probably would put him above Russell Wilson too, just because, I mean, he is just infinitely better as a run. Like, people joke about him being a running back. Like, he'd just be a running back full time. But he really is a running back that is playing quarterback. He is. He needs to be better at throwing the ball, like in the intermediate parts of the field. But he can throw it deep. And I'd, I'm, I'd be shocked if he couldn't check down. I, I haven't. I'm not gonna break down Lamar Jackson's check down film, but I'm sure he's good at that. I would hope. It's just the middle part of the field, a little bit of accuracy things. I think he could be better on, but. Yeah, than that, I mean, he'll easily, I think, be better than Russell Wilson if both are healthy. That's probably a hot take, but like I said, I'm I'm going to be the number one Russell Wilson hater. You will know my name is Coach, a.k.a. Russell Wilson hater. I will make myself known as that person. So that's what I would change there for that little top ten. I, It's really, I'm just... It's not that I'm like not a fan of it. It's just I, I think there are issues with it where it could just be better. It could be a better list, but they pulled they pulled people. I don't know if it, I don't know if this is ESPN. Really, really bad researching here from me, but I just okay. It's executives, coaches, and players make their best predictions for the season. So obviously they know what they're talking about, but I'm just letting you know what I'm thinking. I just, as of today, those are my rankings. We, we'll probably do a tier. We'll do a tier list on quarterbacks. We'll do that sometime. I don't know when, in the future, maybe toward more towards the season. But once we figure out where players are going, maybe I'll do it like for next year. But that's about all the football news. It's a lot of like little storylines. We'll get into some training camp stuff. Will start happening. Well, maybe you know we'll figure out where Jimmy Garoppolo is going. Baker Mayfield might be wearing number thirteen, by the way. Let me tell you, I saw an image on that. That is the most unnatural looking image I've ever seen. That that blue number thirteen that says Mayfield. That looks like a nasty, like generated player on Madden. It, it made me like ugh, gag, awful. So, finishing off the little baseball, the um, Red Sox and Rays are having a series right now. They just started. The Red Sox came off of a huge series split, I'll say, against the Yankees, but they had a big win last night. Uh, the game's not quite over yet, but it's 10-5 to 5 right now in the ninth, and it does look like the Rays will steal a win here from the Red Sox, which is big in the wild card picture. And I mentioned the Orioles winning eight in a row. I didn't know the Mariners had won eight in a row. <laughs> two, two weirdly fun teams are making their way to the, through the wild card race, and I'm all here for it. I would love those teams to you know make a push at least. I don't think they're gonna do anything, but Mariners might, but Orioles won't. But it's fun to see. It's fun to see very young teams that haven't been in the mix in the mix. So. That's good news for them. But, yeah, the Rays look like they're going to hold on to win here, 10-5. to Big win for the Rays to catch up to the Red Sox. 
Um, I mentioned the Braves and Mets had a big series coming up. Sadly, the Mets take game one in that series. Um, you know, Max Scherzer really he pitched a gem. I can't. I can't. There's no two cent like two ways around it. Max Scherzer pitched an absolute gem. Max Freed did not look like the Max Freed we've seen all year. Probably his worst outing overall. And Brian Snicker, I was so I had this game on early while we were while I was doing some prep here. And Brian Snicker went to Darren O'Day in the eighth inning just after Austin Riley had hit a home run to cut it to a one-run game. And, you know, they had, I think, is, I mean, a good part of the order is coming up next inning. So um, Brian Snicker makes the awful, awful decision of putting out Darren O'Day in a one-run game in the eighth inning. Darren O'Day is stunk all year, ladies and gentlemen. He is cooked. He's like 38, 39. He throws the ball stupid sideways. Looked really cool when he first saw it, but now when he's giving up home runs, it doesn't look as cool. And he does that. He comes in, gives up a home run, and it's back to a two-run game. The next inning, he puts in Jackson Stevens, who I like Jackson Stevens, but not in the ninth inning of a must-win divisional game. And he ends up giving off a couple hits. I think they scored a run. It's just... Bryce Nicker has this tendency to do this. When they're not winning, and it's a, like a one-two run game, he'll put in guys that you would put in either for a blowout that you're losing or winning. He puts in Darren O'Day's and Jackson Stevens in high-leverage, close games where your team still has a chance. But it's like he's just punting away win. He's punting away the opportunity to win because the deficit becomes more than just one run and two runs. It becomes three runs, which is infinitely harder to go and win those games. So he does that, and the Mets end up winning game one, You know, adding on another game. So remember when I said it was like one and a half lead? Well, now it's two and a half because it's two game, or it's a whole game that gets added on. So... They can't take the series lead. Like, they can't take the division lead anymore now. These next two games, even if they win these next two games, they'll still be down a half game, which, like I said, is it's awesome from where they were, but it could just be better if, if the things were managed how they should be. And th- that's really, those were the only two notable games, I'll say. Uh, a couple of our bigger teams are off. Or there's not like really exciting series. You have the Rangers blowing out the Athletics. Padres are narrowly winning over the Rockies. Royals are beating the Tigers. Diamondbacks are beating the Giants. The Giants are really, really starting to fall. The, uh, the Royals did beat the Tigers earlier in the day. They had a doubleheader. Pirates beat the Marlins. Um, Guardians beat the White Sox. Cardinals beat the Phillies in a big wild card you know, run type of game. And that's, those are the MLB scores for the day right now. I'm sure those finals will come out, obviously, as you find out, like, I guess today on the 12th. And I'm sure we'll get a lot more games tomorrow because I think, you know, the Yankees are not playing. The Yankees weren't in that list. I'm sure there's a couple other teams that I didn't list. I think the Athletics I didn't list. You know, they stink. But still, you know, we'll get into those. 
And a little bit piggybacking off of the, some of the all-star talk we had yesterday. The home run derby, we have four players that we are totally confirmed to find are going to be hitting in the all-star the home run derby. You have Ronald Acuna, who will be there already. Um, Pete Alonso, who's defending his title as the home run derby champion. And Juan Soto, who is also another big slugger who should put on a show. He might be my early pick. And um, so there are two honorary guys that I forgot to mention while reading out the rosters yesterday. The commissioner added them on. Albert Pujols, who's in his, his last season, and Miguel Cabrera, who's, I don't know if he's in his last season, but he's a legend. He picked up, I think, his 3,000th hit this year. He did something where his big milestone, he's a legend, certified. And so the, Albert Pujols, the machine, is going to be hitting in the home run derby. Now, it's either going to be really awesome to see or really bad, but either way... It's a legend. You'll see him in the home run derby since it's his last go through. So those are the four names we have right now. I'll we'll get more of those rolling in. I'll pick out those whenever the whole field gets announced. The bracket because it's always fun to do brackets. It just is. Even outside of March, it's always fun to do a bracket. So yeah, not a. I think it's a good way to wrap this one up because not a, you know, like I said, not a whole lot happening right now outside of baseball, like games-wise to, to talk about. The NBA's on hold. Um, Condoleezza Rice joined the Broncos minority group. Um, former head coaching candidate for the Cleveland Browns. Don't forget it. <laughs> Don't forget that report that came out about her being a candidate for the coaching job on the Browns. She's minority owner in the Broncos. So, yeah. Very awesome. Very cool. It's a little bit shorter show. We'll be back tomorrow. Maybe fire up a tear. We'll see. See, but I'll let you know anything that happens. I look forward to it. Seeing you tomorrow. Make sure to like, share, tell your friends, tell your family. Heck, if you're feeling generous, go to... I mean, I'm not I'm not telling you to graffiti anywhere. But if you somehow wrote the words K-O-C-H-C-O-R-N-E-R, I think that's how you spell corner. If you managed to like write that on like a bathroom stall somewhere, I wouldn't be opposed. But I'm not telling you to do that. I would never tell you to, don't do that. Come on. Get serious. But until next time. Enjoy yourselves. Goodbye.